Someone's got to make a sequel. So it's our job to observe the rules of the sequel. What are you talking about? There's certain rules that one must abide by in order to make a successful sequel. Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate. Find the killer, Randy. That's what I want to know. Well, let's look at the suspects. There's the obvious boyfriend, Derek. So you think it's Derek? That's so fast. Forget the boyfriend. It's tired. Who else do we got? There's Mickey, the freaky Tarantino film student. But if he's a suspect, so am I. So let's move on. Maybe you are a suspect. Well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Do you have a point? Okay. Let's move on. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. It's oh our goodness. premiere of season four. Can it you is. believe it's that? Brand new season. season four. I can't believe it. And that. we're starting out with a real scream. Uh, hey, hello. It, it's a scream, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody out there listening, welcome back once again. My name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are the movies that made us gay. Yes, indeed. We decided to start out with a very topical movie with I would Scream so. 2022 that just came out. Yes, we'll indeed. talk about that later at the end of the show, mm-hmm. but we had our friend Andy back on the show. Andy, welcome back. Hey, welcome. Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. You were Thanks last for on for our Thanksgiving weekend Adam's Family Values episode, and we invited <laughs> you back on to watch Scream 2, directed by <laughs> Wes Craven, <laughs> written by Kevin Williamson, released December 12th, 1997. Yes, indeed. Scream 2. Scream 2. I mean, a standby of me as a young person just in my vhs collection i watched the shit out of this movie in particular scream 2 in particular scream 2 i think i distinctly remember seeing it opening weekend same i saw it that Mm -hmm. friday night yeah okay and i i really thought i was gonna be the jada (laughs) i really did i was like this is this is what it's come to i also had like this kind of Final girl desire, really, as I think all gay men do. We'll get into that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Jada. Thank oh, goodness. Thank we'll, goodness for Jada. We'll break down that scene further, but uh, I saw this movie in the theater as well. I think I was in the sixth grade at the time. I was probably like 12 years old, and this was <laughs> fully like family movie night. I remember my mom going to see this with me my stepdad my sister i think sat with like her cool friends mm-hmm. her like her cool high Away school friend on the other side of the theater yeah i mean <laughs> but it was like family movie night sure. seeing scream too and i think that our theater the judith theater got this pretty early like usually we had to wait weeks if not months for to new get releases cool yeah. but i want to say that our theater book scream too in December okay. when it came out. All right, all right. Pete, what about you? Do you remember I seeing this in no the theater? You have the no memory seeing this movie. No, no, none at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I would have a bigger memory of uh, of seeing this in the theater because the first shots of the movie are the Rialto. The Rialto. Right? Oh, we got to talk about actually the go opening see scenes. Movies, yep. um, in college and in high school, um, saw Train Spotting there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, but I don't have this like, oh yeah, I remember when I was sitting in the theater and saw the Rialto and was like, oh, and po- and I was like the Leonardo DiCaprio, like you're the Leo meme. I can't whistle. <laughs> yeah, pointing. Um, so yeah, I feel like maybe I didn't see it in the theater, and maybe I just kind of caught it, you know, rented it somehow. I remember liking the first Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like to me there were, you know, there was always some weird script stuff in this movie. It is funny now; mm-hmm. it's pretty hilarious yeah. watching these people talk to each other. We, lo- I mean, we of course but, we yeah. stan Mr. Kevin Williamson, <laughs> like a huge like staple Kevin LGBT Williamson. screenwriter, but right, right. At least Pete and I, we sometimes like to give Kevin's writing like a hard time. Oh, that as we should. Yeah, is just yeah. like, you can just tell that when Kevin writes these lines, that he is so in love with every single word that he's writing. It's got a Sorkian vibe mm-hmm. to it, yeah. I mean, just in particular, the, you know, Randy's film theory class. He's got film theory mm-hmm. this morning. Um, that entire scene is just a groan. I just groan. The whole, I laugh. Yeah. It's charming, whatever. But yeah, I do not have... I mean, is it? Uh, I do not have a definitive memory of the first time I saw this movie. I, ju- I just... It's one of those movies that I just always have in my brain. So it's just like I saw it at some point. So. And I also feel like it was one of those movies on premium cable of the late lot. 90s and early 2000s yeah. that I feel like this was on probably Showtime or HBO sure. once a day So Andy, for like you, years. You saw it uh, opening – what did you say? Opening weekend, opening night? Opening weekend. I've got a – I've got a Nev Campbell connection. Ah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. Can we talk about that here? Absolutely. Breaking I, news. I don't think she'll mind. I don't think she'll mind. I've, oh, I've, she, I've, asked, right. I've asked her permission. No, I'm kidding. Directly it's not that heavy. Nev. But um, my, so I grew up in LA and mm-hmm. my uh, cousin, quote unquote cousin, uh, is was Owen on Party of Five. I think that you've told me this before. Owen, okay. That's amazing. Who was Owen on Party of the Five? He Party was the five, youngest of the five. Oh, the kid. The kid, mm-hmm. like the little kid. The yeah, baby. He, he was a plot device sure, more sure, than sure. a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the most substantial thing to ever happen was he got lost in a mall. Right. And it was an existential crisis for the Matthew Fox character. Mm. But I, at, you know, seven, eight, feeling very arrogant, was like, oh, yeah, Nev is a close friend. Sure. <laughs> um, and I would tell everyone at school that. So I went to go see Scream. I think I was all of eight. Mm. Scream one, yeah. I was all of eight. My brother took me because Nev was a friend. So uh, probably shouldn't have been seeing it that young. No. Uh, Not at all. Not at all. It was very formative. And and now I'm gay. (laughs) There's a direct line from that moment to now. Absolutely. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I distinctly remember... Go, like going to the set when they were filming one day, seeing her, telling her how much I love Scream, and very first thing out of her mouth was, "Aren't you a little young?" <laughs> sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And then she asked my cousin, she like did, and he was you know several years younger than me. She's like, "Did you see it?" He was like, "Oh yeah." She's like, "Wait, what's wrong with your parents?" <laughs> I love that. And it was like, "But you're our friend. <laughs> we wanted you're, to support our friend. You're our close friend that we hang out with and see all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like obviously we'd, we'd watch your movie. Yeah." And she's like, "Sure." Seven-year-old. I said this the first like, grade. She's just like, I'm about to make 54. Do not watch that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah I, did. yeah, I did. But, I mean, the Ryan Phillippe of all that. I yeah. Mean, I actually mm. asked I asked her and I asked Jennifer Love Hewitt what it was like working with Ryan Phillippe. Mm. Uh, because that was a transformative man for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yes, Covered absolutely. many a Ryan Phillippe he's, movie uh, on yeah. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Including I mean, 54. Yeah, no, he's, he has done a great service to our mm-hmm. community. Absolutely. Um, just helping us figure some things out. Um, <laughs> and don't we love a Scream Queen? And they all just came from that same little universe as we see in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
that just that really great period of like did it start off with scream one probably but i mean you know all all these gals all in the same orbit of each other. I mean, we're going to talk about it. Sarah Michelle Gellar in this movie. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> SMG was the big get, almost playing the Drew Barrymore role. I mean... Or type of... Type of car- stunt yeah. casting, because Buffy was a was a pretty big hit in season one, but also not as big as a hit as people like to remember it. I feel right. like no, Buffy well, yeah, was no. probably on the it bubble definitely an of getting axed yeah. in like season one and Abs- two, absolutely. and then it just caught on more. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like her casting in this movie was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She featured heavily. That was a weird thing going into it. I mean, you know, the, the spoiler trailer stuff, um, She, you know she's going to die. If you watch the trailer, there's like her getting thrown off a balcony, yeah. her her getting stabbed in the trailer. <laughs> so you you know it's coming, but you know she's fourth on the on the cast list or mm-hmm, something. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, she's so you know the function she's going to serve. But yeah. that's one of the great things about this movie is we get two Drew Barrymore esque scenes. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, also, we should probably note that this movie was fast-tracked. So Scream came out December of 96, unofficial Christmas movie, like alternate like Christmas programming for <laughs> the release schedule. Monster hit after it crossed $50 million. They're just like, we need that sequel fast-tracked. This fucking movie was shot in probably summer of 97, came out December and I think that they started filming this movie without a completed script. Surprise, surprise. Ouch. Yeah. There's a lot about the scripts, and I don't even know what's real out there because there's, you know, in yeah, the yeah. fandom. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can tell. I mean, you can tell there were tweaks. You can feel the tweaks. And I yeah, think for it, sure. I think it comes together pretty well. It doesn't feel like Scream 3 where you're just like, oh, yeah, they were writing this shit like the day of (laughs) that you can really tell it with scream three but i think kind of overall scream two is pretty solid yeah i will say Mm -hmm. it's got something uh this is something i really enjoyed about scream 2022 was the tension throughout the Mm -hmm. you know uh who's it gonna be up until the very last minute of the reveal yeah Mm -hmm. in watching this movie again you really do feel like anyone a lot of red herring set up in this movie all of a sudden all of them is it dewey is it gail (laughs) It, you know, when Sydney has that little hallucination scene, which I don't know if that's real, but when she's oh, on performing stage. on stage, right, right, right. I all of a sudden didn't trust Sydney so much. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you? Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> um, you know who's not a suspect in my brain ever was uh, Portia de Rossi and... Uh, I think this movie would have been fucking wild if those two would have been revealed at the end on that stage. Every time they they show up at the sorority house or whatever in the doorway, just like, oh, what's going on? And they're pastels. Is that really supposed to be to throw us off? Mm -hmm. Come on. The only thing criminal about the two of them is Portia's eyebrows. They are so dark. I mean, this was probably right when she started Ally McBeal, I think. Kind of shortly she after. She to have them tinted. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I know that Rebecca Gayhart had read and I think gotten pretty far in the initial scream casting as Tatum. And then they brought her back in you know, for this I have movie. A, I have a note. Of, I did look into that. That poor thing, she really had some casting hell to go through. Yeah. I th- I read like she was up for maybe three parts in Scream. She was up for like three parts in this. And yeah. then they're like, all right, you're really committed. How about we give you 
this tiny little kind bit. of a throwaway. We'll thing, give yeah. you the bitchy yeah. sorority girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she gets like her due in 1998 in Urban Legend. Yes, so. finally. She's, she's <laughs> finally. like she's very utilized in that movie. I love that Urban Legend does have kind of this bigger cult following because mm-hmm. to me, I just always thought it was. Uh, an inferior scream entry knockoff. and mm-hmm. you know scream knockoff kind of a thing i think but, it's the best of the scream knockoffs too yeah yeah probably probably but um i mean there's some great people that i mean obviously we get you know uh sydney gale weathers and dewey coming back from the first movie mm-hmm. we all and also randy um but we get some really uh, cool new uh, characters and actors in this movie. We should probably talk about the opening death sequence with Jada Pinkett Smith and yeah. uh, Omar Epps. Yes. So, okay. So this is now we're setting up. This is the second entry in the Scream franchise. Mm-hmm. And we're setting up that we're getting kind of a a name or a known actor to come in, start off the movie, and have this, you know, really fun death scene because you know she's yeah. not making it out the yeah. second you see the yes. two of them at the theater you know they're not making and it out. that's kind of the hallmark of this series is that they're playing on what we know about horror movies right yeah, yeah. so and they kind of play on like well we're the black people in this movie so i know why are the black people always dying first <laughs> yeah. and then they do yeah and it's yeah. kind of interesting that when i was reading i don't think that maureen evans the character that Jada plays mm-hmm. was written as black. Okay. And I think that they probably just read Jada for it. Yeah. And then they tweaked the script. Yeah. And they got sort of that banter about mm-hmm. black people in horror movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I know that the script is written by a, a white gay. Oh, I was going to say a mm-hmm. gay white man, mm-hmm. you know, writing for, you know, for Jada Pinkett Smith. And Jada was just Jada Pinkett. Jada is probably someone that would speak up. Yeah. For certain or say lines. like, I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I'd say this kind of a thing. And um, because she does go on to give us her full Brenda moment. Oh, oh, oh. came back just in time. It looks like she's about to get it. Want some popcorn? Uh-uh. See, if that was me, I would be out of there. Full Brenda. <laughs> Full Brenda, yeah. Also, I like this opening sequence, and it's one of my favorites of the series because it does not open up with a phone call. Yeah. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not the traditional scream opening. And even in the second movie, they felt like we didn't have to do a phone call for this first scene, which I kind of yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, it just, it fits well enough into the kind of... The story. The story, and, but also the the set piece of and the your, opener with this actress yeah. that mm-hmm. you were just kind of misdirected. That, in your world building yeah. of what happened after the events of Woodsboro, that yeah, Gail yeah. wrote this book. Yeah. Huge bestseller, and of course they made it into a movie. Yeah. My brain mm-hmm. breaks thinking about the levels of meta. And what's yeah. interesting is now... We look for it. We mm-hmm. we look mm-hmm. for metaphors. Yeah. We say, what is this really trying to say? We'll get straightforward narratives and wonder, you know, what's it really about? And uh, sometimes that's not intentional. But this movie has so much going on, even in that, that scene alone. Yeah. They're talking about the horror tropes while living them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She dies, like, on a stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as it, like, as a, <laughs> as a, you know, like, as a movie is playing. Mm-hmm. 
And very, like, introspective or outer spectrum. I don't know how you phrase that. Of, like, <laughs> of the, the audience kind of thinking that they're in on the joke, yeah. but it turns out the joke's on them. Well, it's kind of smart that everybody's so yeah. rowdy in the She's theater, dying in front of them, attention. and they're yeah. not getting it. They thought it was a promotional. Yeah. So I'd like to break down uh, the idea that this is, uh, okay, in this universe of this movie, mm-hmm. the Woodsboro murders mm-hmm. happen. Right. The Stab movie is now fast-tracked, starring Tori Spelling, Luke Wilson, and... Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Heather As Graham. Heather Graham, I'm assuming. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, fun fact, Robert Rodriguez, I think he at least did the scenes with Tori and Luke. Okay. Directed those okay. portions of the movie. So, such fun scenes. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. So this this horror movie based on actual events where children were murdered... Children. By other Let's children. Remember that. Children... N- Miners. Miners. Mm-hmm. Murdered by other miners. This is a literally beat for beat retelling on the screen. And it's this, uh, I'm assuming it's opening night. It, it's, I don't know. They didn't win these tickets on like a radio contest, but they are still giving out to every seated ticket holder a full on ghost face costume. Ghost face. Full mask. Full mask. Full costume. A glow in the dark knife. Yeah. I mean, I know this is. God, is it pre-Columbine? Yeah, Columbine yeah. was April of yeah, 99. It's pre-Columbine, yep. pre-9-11, mm-hmm. pre, you know, that guy at uh, Dark Knight, you know, Ugh. all that oh, yeah. shit. So mm-hmm. it's like, I guess wearing a mask in a movie theater is still uh, above board. Although, I don't know. We just went, when we went to the new Spider-Man movie, we saw a lot of masks. There were Spider-Man. costumed people at Spider-Man. There were costumed people, yeah, so, yeah. so maybe so we've moved on. A little, a little yeah. bit more uh, lenient with that shit. But okay, so that's crazy but it's serving the purpose of we don't know who the real ghost face is mm-hmm. right because everybody fun mr x because yeah. there's ghost face there's ghost face in the in the entire audience yes. yeah have we ever gone to a movie that has ever been this fucking wild i would leave i would just be oh like, yeah Bitch, I, i'm trying to watch a give movie me my 20 dollars. Yeah. i cannot watch this so, these kids are they i mean the to tickets were doing free. too much they need to but were they fr- were they free what they were free to them why were they free to them? Remember, he said we didn't like. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, also there's something in there about that. Yeah, when yeah. they're in line. Oh, because he wants to go. You know, she, she's supposed to be setting for. And bio it's also it's a yeah. it's a sneak preview. Yeah, so they're they're sneak trying preview. to get buzzed. So that's also, why they're giving away the, the the. I mean, the movie marketing must be doing a really good job because all of these young people are going into this movie fully knowing everything. Mm-hmm. So like they. Yeah. Like the ghost face mask, like stab, like they are invested in this movie. So they already know the story. Yeah, they already know the story. The real story that yeah. actually happened where children were murdered. Um, okay. So then there's that. There's also the like William Castle, like ghost face mannequin that is on filmed, a wire. Filmed in Stabovision. Yes. Stabovision. This movie is yep. filmed in Stabovision, which apparently filmed in Stabovision, all that means is they turn on a black light in the movie theater. Oh, because it says film and okay, television. Sure. They turn the black light on, and then everyone—I didn't, didn't quite get that. And then in, everyone in the audience is just like, "Ooh, look at my ghost face mask! It's glowing in the dark now." That's what Stabovision is. That's not a thing. First of all, um, okay. So then we should also say that these movie theater interiors are the Vista. Uh, oh, the exteriors so are the Rialto, and the interiors are the Vista. The uh, the lobby is the Rialto in South Pasadena. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but once they get into the auditorium itself, it's it's the best time. Yes. Oh. So yes, this has been yeah, not quite big enough. Huh? Southern California Movie Minute. One of my favorite movie theaters in Los Angeles. The Vista is great. It's just bought by just bought by Tarantino too. Freaky film student, mm-hmm. freaky film student Tarantino. Mm-hmm. What makes him freaky? Oh, I think it's his hair. Freaky Tarantino. Freaky Tarantino. It's his hair. It's his, his spiky hair. It's his persona. There is something. Tarantino's yeah. just I, sort of a chatterbox. I think. Yeah, we'll get to that. But why is Timothy Oliphant supposed to be like he's supposed to be a little bit more of a kind of quirky weirdo guy? But he just to me, I don't know. Maybe it's time passage of time. He just looks like. He's just wearing a white T-shirt. Like, I don't know. There's nothing really. Yeah, I think pop culture has become so saturated that it's yeah. like we know so many people yeah. like that. He just seems mm-hmm. like a douchey kind of movie guy, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't seem like, ooh, stay away from him. He's weird. Mm-hmm. He just talks a lot in class. I was going to say earlier, the closest <laughs> thing that I've ever been to oh, at yeah. a movie a screening wild, like yeah. this, a wild screening, was when I went to Twilight New Moon. Twilight. Like, it was <laughs> that theater was out of control. My gosh, the yeah. energy that it was like and, sitting and in the audience of the Muppet Show, <laughs> and like fully with <laughs> girls, fully with girls, just like or shouting at the screen and around. talking like turn me into a vampire, daddy. <laughs> just like when I want to live forever. When Jacob takes off his shirt. Shit, when she I get falls that. off the bike, fainting, just the, just the like... audience <laughs> lost her damn minds. There are also certain audience members that were not happy with the movie. That were like commenting on it. Not it the was, book. Didn't happen. It would have. It was out of control. <laughs> Fake. Maybe not quite the um, the tomfoolery that's happening yeah. in the stab yeah. screening. Riff raff. But yeah. pretty close though. Uh, people were screaming. I remember seeing um, Attack of the Clones and people saying "fake" to uh, like special effects. Oh, just going fake. Ooh, fake. That's uh, harsh. Well, fucking, you know what? Fucking nerd. Of course, that is fake. It is a, this that is, is a space that, movie. That is a digital effect. Space. Magicians. You mean they didn't have the budget to go to Tatooine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Fake. Um, okay, we're not going to break down this entire movie beat by beat, but I really need to dissect this scene. It is. Yeah, I mean, well, insane. So, okay, first of all, just the blind <laughs> luck of of Ghostface being in the stall, knowing Omar Apps is coming. Like, did he look out and he's like, he's going to be he's the he's date be? of Marine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's going to come to the bathroom, this bathroom. And also knowing that Omar Epps was going to leave his seat when yeah, yeah. Jada gets up and takes his money to go buy popcorn. I asked for your money. Yeah, I have my money. I asked for all your right, money. All right, Jada. Jada, I mean, Jada you know? <laughs> delivers that line like a pro. <laughs> but um, knows to get. I know my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, he scares her, so, like, he leaves his yeah, seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just very convenient screenwriting, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we shouldn't break it don't, down yeah, don't think about too it. hard. Don't we shouldn't think about, think about it too hard. too hard. But what I'm thinking about too hard is how you get a, like, hunting knife through that fiberglass oh, yeah. for Micah bathroom And stall. he's not, like, breaking his hand as he's doing it? I don't know. This mm-hmm. is, like, defies... All and physics. did he like look over? Because he had to get that knife just right, right in the ear. Uh, yeah, it's a little yeah, a little sus. I, I like the. <laughs> I mean, of course, we can say the killer spoiler because we're covering the movie, and I'm assuming that everyone has seen of this 30, this 30 almost year old, year old movie. thirty year old movie. Yeah, but yeah. I like to think it's Aunt Jackie from Roseanne hiding in that bathroom stall. I, I think so. I, I think would, yeah, her. I want to hope yeah. this is her again. I, think it's her. Mrs. I, I hope Salt. that I hope that this is the one that she gets to do. Mrs. Loomis. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's so that's wild. Um, I really do love the um, 
the recreation of the opening or the opening scene of Stab. The opening scene of Stab. Yeah, one. I yeah. think it's really, I think it's really great editing how they cut them sitting in the audience watching the screen to when it goes full screen and you're actually watching the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. I think it's very successful. Yeah, it's really yeah. seamless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love how the Hollywood elements. We never see nudity in any of the screen movies, and mm-hmm. yet they're referencing that. We see Heather go- and we don't actually close see off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know why is she naked? Mm-hmm. Why is she got to be butt naked? Yeah, yeah, totally. And then uh, of course, you know, they threw in like, oh, y'all, y'all thought the first movie was referencing Psycho, while Stab is not as artfully produced. So we're just going to throw in full on Psycho references. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the middle of this. Um, and it has that brilliant style of Heather Graham acting that I never quite know. <laughs> is she is, is Heather she in Graham a, is a bad a, actress? Is she playing a bad, bad actor? Is it a little bit of both? Yeah. I don't know. It's just sort I just of like you already. It's just sort of that line. The yeah. beauty of a Heather Graham it's performance. It's supposed to be a bad line, right? I sure yeah. hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. I don't even know you, and I dislike you already. Dislike you already. It has to be. It's supposed to be corny. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Let's just yeah, yeah. it definitely. Um, and I do. I just love how beautiful her house is. How I he's, mean, he's up on a ra- like on the on the ceiling, mm-hmm. looking through like a glass skylight. All the, the little. I mean, the the funny thing is in in stab, they do the little like uh, like meerkat. Uh, you know, ghost face like popping up Ooh. out of like out oh of yeah, corners, you know. They fully do that in this movie. <laughs> in this movie, they do. They do, yeah. It's like they're poking fun at it, but it's like, oh, but that's real. I mean, like, real. in the first movie, you see, like, Ghostface, like, hide in the bushes in, yeah. like, a, a convenience store at one time yeah. in the full mask. So, yeah. yeah. The, I guess these movies are never really that subtle. I will say the violence of Stabbed, I mean, if you actually watch her death scene, which is... Oh, then yeah. With, it's it's oh, brutal. It's it is, crazy. It is, like, full out... <laughs> Like cannibal holocaust. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just stabbing her over and over yeah. and over again. I did read that Wes Craven's strategy was he any for the MPAA because they had a hard time getting mm-hmm. uh, an R rating for the first one. Was he would just make everything ultra violent, so then he so like, he could pull back sure. in a way that he like he's like I'm never going to show this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if he would pull back and the perception would be well that's better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how he'd get away with it. But if you're actually I mean he's just like they have a shot of her like in a uh, with trees around her, just yeah. like stabbed over and over and over <laughs> yeah. again. You're like, we get it, we get it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and Jada's like super scared. Oh my gosh! So Jada's death here. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about this because it's uh, first of all the fact that she's able to walk, uh, walk down an aisle, Ooh, get upstairs, stab in the back. Oh yeah, no, this is really brutal, and I think this is a really good example of how the movie kind of blends. Um, the just absurdity of the yeah. situation and the satire with these like high stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Because she is being very violently murdered and yeah. you feel it and you are devastated as someone watching it, knowing full well that it's like happening in this, you know, very absurdist wild space, this, this ruckus movie that yeah. we would not want to yeah. attend. No. And, uh, <laughs> I think just the the marrying of those two things is like this is Scream. This is the yeah. Scream franchise yeah. at its finest because I really care about what's happening to this woman. Yeah. While also being deeply entertained. Yeah. I read a quote today. I don't know for what interview this was for, but Jada said, 
I want to die in the most horrific death that has ever happened in a horror film. <laughs> and Good she said her. she wanted it to be long and excruciating. It was long. That, like, it was long. Jada knew that when she went out, she wanted it to be one of the most like excruciating yeah. deaths in a type of movie like this. And I think it's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. There's one point where she makes a face and she looks at the audience. Oh, the pain is like <laughs> blood on her teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and those people in the audience, like start to take off their masks. Like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? Is this real? But, that, you know, that we're watching the audience today. gets blood on, on her, her arm. Yeah. yeah. We're watching it today. And I was like, that is Jada's. I never should have trusted you. White devil's face. <laughs> she was just very much like, why did I come to this movie? <laughs> I have, bi- I have a bio. tomorrow. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is playing right down the street. Right down the street. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. She should have saw Sandra Bullock. Um, And then we cut to the most uh, fabulous and lavishly uh, huge dorm room I've ever seen. Yeah, that beautiful pink. I like how they have have these tiny little day beds that they kind of sleep on. It's like you could have like like king-size beds in there if you all wanted. fully have Cal Kings in there. I can only imagine the room and board at Windsor College. This is rivaling Felicity's uh, dorm. Mm-hmm. Felicity's dorm room, if, if any of you remember, listeners back me up. Felicity's dorm room was a palace. Yeah. It was huge. It like rivaled like a White House like state <laughs> room. It was the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> the Lincoln yeah. bedroom. It, yeah. was, it was fully Lincoln bedroom. But Sydney's dorm room is out of control. We only really see it in the scene, right? That's the extent of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I also, so. It's very hard yeah. to believe that woman would live in a bright pink room. Yeah. Maybe Hallie was like, come on, Sid, let's do this. And she's like, I guess. Like, I don't want to rock the boat. And you know, um, just college dorms that you can paint the white walls. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can I remember totally having, that. I remember having to, like, getting fined because I put some tape on the wall, got ah. ripped off a little bit of the paint. I didn't even put holes in it. But they were like, oh, that'll be 150 bucks. Holy cow. <laughs> the University of California system will find money wherever they can. Let me tell uh, you. <laughs> yes. And this is where we get introduced to Hallie, played by Elise Neal. Mm-hmm. What um, was Elise Neal's big sitcom that she was um, on? Elise Neal, you may remember her from – she's in Hustle and the Flow. The Hughleys? Uh, gosh, I'm going to have to look look through her. IMDb. I think she was on The Hughleys. We'll, we'll keep, yeah. We'll keep talking mm-hmm. about um, you know, our, our intro to – to sit, and this is where we kind of. This is kind of the first instance of in you know what's now become Sydney's character of just like I've been through this mm-hmm. and I learn from it. Every she's time. got the color ID. She she's ready to do yeah. this. Yep. She's like, this which, is my life. Which every time we see it, me and Scott are always like, our family had that exact color yep. ID box. Yeah, that was like mm-hmm. the first one that you could get. Yeah. That you oh, get and, by. and you yeah. know Jada's mentioning Star sixty nine. So in the first yep. like, ten minutes, we're hearing right about around, yeah Star sixty nine is ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these, these are these are always playing with the technology of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the house locking system and Scream Twenty Two. Yeah, yeah, totally. App, so you know, app stuff. Um, yeah, you're right. It, yeah, that was new in Star Sixty Nine. We're fairly new, or you know, in the in the middle nineties. So, but yeah, we always we always call it, and it's specifically that exact. Like we had that exact color mm-hmm. when it was a separate box that you had to plug in. You know, outside of your phone, you had to like daisy chain it into your phone. Neilong was in fact in the Hughley. Uh, Neilong, at least Neil. Sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, at least Neil. She did eighty nine episodes of the Hughleys. Mm-hmm. You're right, Scott. Very good. She was also in Mission to Mars. 
Brian De Palma's Mission to Mars. Yeah, Brian De Palma's Mission to Mars. Oh, that one, <laughs> man. How about that? Um, so we sort of catch up with all of these characters where they are yeah. roughly a year after. Yeah, damn. I mean, she all of these characters college. are doing pretty well for themselves their yeah. freshman year of college. Yeah. I mean, Sydney is the lead. She's got a boyfriend. So here's so here's my of the musical. Here's my new question. Boyfriend. Yeah, yep. lead in the musical as a freshman in college. Yep. All right. Those... Well, you, the stunt casting. Yes. Okay. They're like, casting. oh, she's the one with the the trauma. But those like junior and senior girls are like this bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She got the lead. Okay. Um, okay. So here's my question. In the movie theater, when uh, Jada Maureen is getting popcorn and the girls behind her are having that conversation of like, Oh, this is freaking me out. You know, this really happened, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She said, this happened to some kids in California mm-hmm. a couple years ago, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, I mean, that. yeah, maybe they don't know. But my mm-hmm. thing is, so does that mean this takes place out of California? I mean, I guess the first movie never really says where Woodsboro is. I mean, but, we just I mean, have there, a, but she just yeah. placed it in California. Mm-hmm. But sure. when, but if you're going to say that happened to some kids in California, you wouldn't say you, you know what I mean? If you're in California, sure. you wouldn't say that happened to some kids in California. Well, Windsor college has like a, a new England feel to it. Yeah. Uh, they shot it in Georgia. Was it? And then yeah, didn't, didn't they use a, um, could have sworn I read that like there was a little bit of UCLA in there, a little bit yeah. of USC, a little mm-hmm. bit of LMU. The uh, the fraternities, fun fact, were shot in Pasadena. Those are oh, those are huge out. houses in Pasadena. And Pasadena has some huge mm-hmm. houses. Does it make sense? Yes, this tracks. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, okay, it's probably not in California anymore. Uh, but just you know, Sydney and Randy, the sole survivors of this like crazy event, were probably just had this like. You want to go to college together? I mean, it, <laughs> probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's also very. She's like, nano- look, I ain't got no friends. Left. Yeah. That's also very nine hundred two one zero. That all of your main characters go to the same school and and mm-hmm. saved by the bell. Yep. Yeah, they're all going to go to California. California University. University. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. So okay, so so yeah, so Sid and Sid and Randy are just like, all right, let's let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna be our like, yeah, yeah, sisterhood. I like that, Hallie. Knows Randy's schedule. She knows that he's in. He has film theory. This where's Randy? Film theory. It's like, why does Hallie know this? <laughs> oh, it because, is kind of weird. because yeah. the script needs her to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know your schedule, mm-hmm. much less my college roommate's friends. Mm-hmm. You always <laughs> laugh. Schedule. You always laugh at the scene of it's the it's the news guy outside of the Rialto, and he says. There isn't a lot of details known except, except for the names. except for their names except for their names. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not usually how that goes. No, that is the last thing that they're going to release. Maureen Evans yeah. and Phil Stevens <laughs> really hitting that hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe they're not minors. Maybe they're eighteen, but still, like, come on. I don't know. Mm. Not not in the lead. <laughs> that's crazy. Gosh, I wish I looked like that when I was eighteen. Right? Mm. Shit. Oh my god. Um, maybe they're. Maybe they're both getting their masters. Who knows? <laughs> no, because Sydney has classes with Maureen. Well, they, she can. I don't know. But um, I mean, this is all leading up to my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, the classroom Randy's scene. Film okay. So Randy's the, film Ran- theory the Randy's film theory scenes. Uh, these were reshot. So were there they? is a deleted scene on our digital copy, of course, on the DVD. That they originally did this in a lecture hall without. Sarah and Joshua. No. Nope. And they felt they like the right they needed to break up the dialogue. They wanted to introduce Case uh Cece Cooper, so they brought Sarah in and Joshua and they reshot this. And the Joshua classroom. Jackson, Pacey yeah. is 
just is only in this scene. This yeah. is yeah, this is pure cameo. Mm-hmm. He's not SMG the party. Gets a he had that yeah. he had the the Kevin Williamson connection. Yeah. And the Caesar cut. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the Clooney <laughs> 90s Caesar cut, uh-huh. And I do have to say, like, it's kind of a clunky scene when you revisit it, but kind of. the reshot version <laughs> is considerably better it's not saying than much. what they had. Okay. Yeah, and then we get kind of, there's a lot of Randy Grandstand moments of this movie oh, talking is, about yeah. sequels. He is insufferable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they Just all every, are. Yeah, no, they but every time are. they make a film reference, he's like got to tell, you Doing know, he's got he has to do yeah. his, little, his little character work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. And then I thought it was so funny how immediately after that, when Sid confronts him, he's talking in a British accent. Yeah. Like, Randy, get serious. Get- People are dead. <laughs> People are dying. Like you were literally there. Kimberly. Like remember, remember when you almost got killed <laughs> last year? Do yeah. you remember any of that? Like no, what a defense mechanism. Yeah. It kind of it kind of uh, irks me a little bit that um, CC kind of like um, poo poos T two. She does. An alien. Yeah, hard on yeah. the camera. Yeah. I'm just there's like, no accounting for taste. Like, Watch yeah. your mouth. Like, you were aliens talking about is a really good movie. And, that was probably the moment <laughs> that he was like, you know, I wasn't actually going to do that name thing, but I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. Next. I'm going to kill her. I mean, I we're talking him. about two of the greatest action movies ever made. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Two of the greatest <laughs> sequels ever made. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> but I like how it ends with, oh, I got it. The Godfather, part two. And the entire class is just like, mm. oh. And then Mandy does his little. God, in the middle of class. Uh, but yeah, so no. this this class scene is ridiculous, but I kind of love it though. And the and the professor is just sitting there, mm-hmm. just like yeah. so pleased with himself, just like yes, my my students, you all have surpassed me in your knowledge of of film theory and our discussion of our our impeccably timed discussion of sequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that scene so much, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. So then after Let's this, watch we get it now. <laughs> I was going to say, guys, and then after this, we get, and this is probably my favorite part, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Hopping over, like, he just, like, scales the building. Mm-hmm. He, I feel like to me, and maybe this is just my, like, idiot's, like, you know, take on, on watching a movie on, like, very first surface level. To me, he was the most obvious, like, well, I think it was him. Because mm-hmm. he, they're very much giving him the like popping up out of nowhere, like, hey, Sydney, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, you know, he always um, just sort he's of the most appears. He yeah, always yeah. just sort of appears in very fishy situation. I mean, ah, because yeah. especially in comparison to Billy, because like Billy was just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy was very weird. He was very just sketchy, sort of and sketch. then you get yeah. this like, yeah. you know, what does she say? He's pre med, no mm-hmm. psychotic tendencies. She goes from white trash weirdo yeah. to just sort of waspy, yeah, waspy well, like goody goody. Yeah, and, and I have a bone to pick with Jerry O'Connell's styling in this movie. Oh, the oversized shirts, the khaki. I mean, but that was just sort of the braided belt. But that was just sort of how square young people dress. But at at the the party, he looks so much more cool and casual and comfortable. Yeah, the party he's actually wearing jeans for God's sake. I mean, when his family summers in the Berkshires, is that really what he's wearing? Yeah, right, right. Loafers. I was wearing like loafers. Pleated khakis, which again I know ninety seven, but even in ninety seven they looked bad. I was commenting of just the evolution of men's styling from ninety seven to twenty twenty two. Meanwhile, Jerry O'Connell now probably just has painted on skinny jeans that you just have to peel off. Them. <laughs> and he's happy like, to, uh, happy and to, he, and now he's just turned into this daddy in like his fifties. Oh, he's doing just great. like, I think he's probably only like, Oh, and 40, you know what I love? And can we just also like a reason I've always stand him was mm-hmm. 
that kid stand yeah. by me. Yeah. And then he turned into Burn. that. Glow Fern. Yeah, he's mm. like the classic, like, he was like one of the first, like, big time glow ups because he was Vern, you know? And yeah, all I, of a sudden. Having also glown up myself, <laughs> I, yeah, I really. Jerry O'Connell gave me hope. As a yeah. thick little boy, I was like, I'm going to grow up to be hot. And, I think and this because was one of Jerry O'Connell, I did. Yeah, I think. Well, no, this wasn't one of the first six because he had done. Uh, sliders? Sliders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all we these people knew. were busy with TV yeah. shows and they're like, yeah. shit, I've yeah. got to go make this movie real yeah. quick. We already been knew that like Jerry O'Connell was hot now, but yeah. Um, him coming into this is He's the, sexy now. He's se- I'm sexy I'm sexy now. now. I'm sexy now. But um, yeah, the style of the... Oh, and Jamie Kennedy with his whole damn like uh, shaggy from, you know, Mystery Machine School oh, yeah. shit. With like, the sideburns his, and the like lime green, what? His wardrobe in Scream One was not great either. Mm-hmm. You did wear lime green a lot in that too. Yeah, it's weird. That was like a signature color. Maybe they were doing like a a, a shaggy kind of riff with him, which is interesting. I mean, it was just sort of hipster on. guy that would go to Buffalo Exchange for these polos. I don't even think Randy was a hipster. I think Randy was a small town kid who was like, "This is how hipsters dress, and I'm going to do my best yeah. with what's." Available yeah, to like me. Flannel bell bottoms. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I always just, I always just look at Jerry O'Connell. I'm just like, he, is he late for his shift as the night manager at Blockbuster? Like, I don't know about this costume. It's awful. I mean, at least they kind of dress Nev in something a little, a little cooler. She looks a little cooler. Yeah. Because yeah, I know yeah. that you give her styling a hard time in the first movie. That and she one, looks like she looks, she looks like someone's awful. aunt. But yeah. they make her look cool in this movie. She gets like a, a fun haircut. And one, she looks like a young mom on the mm-hmm. go. Just like I got kids, but I still got to go to yoga. I like her. I like her suede jacket in this movie. Yes. I yeah. Like she does hair. not read eighteen year old, nineteen year. No. Like, good lord. Her hair is a lot more like fun and like, you know, youthful in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, 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 I think uh, this, and it's just a thing. It's a byproduct of the times. It's like they couldn't make them too like alternative. They had to make well, them read. This is a great segue into the next scene Gail Weathers. Uh, yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. And I, those. I, I love the highlights. The streaks. Or the streaks. Which the streaks. I bet those streaks, streaks probably read crazy in person. Of if you were standing oh, they next had to because they're standing next yeah. to Courtney like on set, yeah, you'd be like, "Holy shit!" They're yeah. probably like, she got "Those streaks," yeah. and that you guys, that was a thing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it but, still is in some places. People not are like, wow. that black cherry though. That like black cherry color that she has. It's like usually they were a little bit more of a lighter caramelly kind of. Wait, color. Did, now Monica didn't have that right. Like no. that was no. Gail Weathers. She thing. had that haircut. She had the haircut. But she didn't have yep. the streaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and that's the thing. Gail Weathers was always. I don't know. Would they just made her like experimental with? Gail her Weathers hair? was always a little tacky. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, she had the. She sure. also had that crazy like lime it. green. green. Um, God, they love that color. Yeah, uh, in this franchise, but she had that like a jacket. Jackie O, weird green thing that she was wearing when she yeah. was a small time reporter, and then this mm-hmm. one, the clothes have gotten tighter. Oh yes, mm-hmm. she's looking great. Sleeveless, sleeves gone. She got cabin yeah. plants. Mm-hmm. She got- <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Courtney Cox is so thin. Where were the implants? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was looking. Yeah, and they, and they're not. Where I, were they? Where? <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> Imperceptible. Yeah. I That's mean, just a funny. Rate, I, I love Courtney's bitchy Gale, and I think that she does bitchy Gale really well in this movie. Really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you were saying today, like, would Brooke Shields have worked? Yeah. 
apparently, you know, Brooke was pretty close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think that Brooke's chemistry with David, I mean, I should, I mean, I, we don't know. We, we, don't, know. <laughs> we don't know if we, there's an alternate universe. Like yeah. in this weird alternate universe casting mm-hmm. with Brooke Shields as Gail Weathers. But I think that there's just something about Courtney and David that are just so good together. Yeah. Too. Oh, okay. So in this next, then we've got the return of Dewey. Which just hit me like a ton of bricks, especially after spending so much time with these characters in the interim. Yeah. The fact that he shows up to see his, you know, surrogate sister. Yeah. And they say that, you know, he's our our surrogate big brother. Yeah. Um, That he just shows up out of nowhere. Um, You know, even as murders are happening, it's it's not a red herring. You're like, no, he's he is here to protect Sydney. Well, I mean, let's not forget this, you know. They killed his sister, his, his younger sister. sister. I mean, yeah. she treated him like shit, but best that was friend his of his sister, and that yeah, and 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 Sydney was his was Tatum's best friend. Um, so yeah, so he's got he's connected to this. He's in this, yeah. And so yeah, and and his his relationship with Gail is always is always really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Just the way you know. I mean, this is where it really happens. Their back this and is forth they, is really yeah. charming. Yeah. yeah, so they hadn't started dating until the second movie. I mean, the second they movie had out, only yeah. had only come out. Yeah, I mean, they had. Well, yeah, they were. I mean, they had yeah. shot both of these movies in less than a year and a half. Yeah, she's like, we're going to be working mm-hmm. together for the next like two months. You just want to like we'll just date <laughs> while we're at it. Yeah, we have to play people who are already dating anyway. So. Um, the relationship this is something i really had to think about in the grander scheme because there's a lot of let's be real there's a lot of uh intimate partner violence in this franchise mm-hmm. but there is something about the burgeoning love yeah yes of mm-hmm. dewey and gail that is so pure yeah that you do not really get in the horror genre yeah true mm-hmm. usually it's like this is someone you cannot trust mm-hmm. <laughs> but these two like they get they get to have it yeah. and that moment at the end when you find out dewey's alive you, I mean, it's just Gail is so happy. You're so happy. Yeah, that yeah. They're they're gonna get to they're gonna get they get to be together. <laughs> it makes that like happier moment all that much better. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, we also get Gail's new camera guy. Yeah, <laughs> He's so handsome. What's his name? I really wish he had Joel. Yeah, did, Joel. Did the actor that played Joel go on to do anything? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's just a character actor, mm-hmm. com- com- comedic actor, kind of a guy. Yeah, I think. Uh, in the commentary, I think Wes or one of them was saying that he came from improv or, sure. or comedy or something. That yeah. tracks. Yeah, he's we, very charming. Yeah. We finally, I was like, please don't kill him. He's too, yeah, he's yeah. too cute. <laughs> we finally get Lev Shriver saying yes. lines. Yes. Yes. They just cast him as... Does he not as, speak in They the first cast movie? him as B-roll in Yeah, we the see him like movie, in the back of a police a car. car. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's and it wild. was probably just one of those things that Lev, Lev was pretty unknown yeah. at the time, so he would be the type of actor that would just be just on camera for a sec, but yeah, maybe yeah. just like casting told him, chances are we might be calling you back in in like six more months, so yeah. just like stay tuned. Yeah, totally. totally. Oh, and Cotton is unhinged. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, mind you, like he's been through some stuff, right? He was he was like fucking an older married woman. She's mm-hmm. like, oh my dot. I mean, that's another thing. We'll get into this about Sydney's mom, but yeah, he's he's having an affair with this older woman. She's like, oh my daughter's in the other room. Like, keep mm-hmm. it down. Like she's like covering his mouth when he's coming, and <laughs> um, she he, he then gets accused of killing her by the daughter. Gets put in jail, put like in jail, and and Sydney has to testify against him. This is a whole thing. Yeah, he gets put in jail for a year. A year yeah, 
And for everything that is wrong and immoral about Gail Weathers, she's the one who, like, gets him off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's the one who's, like, trying to say that he was wrongly convicted the whole time, beating that drum. Yeah. So you can – I mean, so Guy's been through some stuff, too. But wow, is he all over the place? <laughs> but, but he's also ready for like his his press tour. Fame will be vindication yeah. of getting for what out he's of been prison. Yeah. yeah, all of that'll be worth it. Because that's the thing. It's like we meant to feel like, um, not feel sorry for him, but feel like okay, he's like had this redemption. He didn't do it. He's wrongly accused. But then, yeah, when as we see more and more of him throughout the movie, like you said, unhinged. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like no wonder that person <laughs> yeah. got accused of murder, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just having these big outbursts, oh, I didn't do it. Yeah. It's like nah, that's what an innocent person says, sure. Yeah. So it's so that's another big red herring that you're like, okay, maybe maybe it's cotton this time. Maybe it's his revenge for being in jail for you know for a year or whatever. Um, but yeah, we get the uh, we get the they're kind of like again a little Scooby Doo ish kind of a breakdown of the names of all the. The victims. I think these are the scenes that were shot at UCLA. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's the clip that we started that we started the episode on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know who we haven't even uh, mentioned yet? I mean, we kind of mentioned her a little bit. But, Debbie um, Salt. Debbie Salt. Oh, uh, yeah. Aunt Jackie. <laughs> so, I mean, this would have been – I mean, this would have been the first big role that she got. In a movie. After yeah. Roseanne movie, yeah. ended. Because yeah. Roseanne ended in probably 96, 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Laurie Metcalf, like this, uh, uh, so many lesbian characters. Right. So many lesbian characters. Right. I mean, if we're talking about movies that made us gay, like <laughs> Laurie Metcalf is someone who made a lot of people lesbian, yes. as she should. Mm-hmm. I would think so. Yeah. Also, what a get. Yeah. One of the things I love yeah. about this I franchise. I think she's a lot of fun in this role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She's unhinged, just like Leo Schreiber. Um, the bug eyes, yeah. <laughs> you know, just having the time of her life. And yeah. something I've loved about this franchise is it, the acting is really great throughout. Mm-hmm. Some of it's, I mean, the Heather Graham of it is probably us trying to say, yeah, this should be stupid. <laughs> but no, yeah, she's great. Lori's doing some good work here. Yeah, I I distinctly remember being very surprised by her being the killer. Yeah. yeah. The because Mickey I part feel of like it. she's mm-hmm. in just enough of the movie that you remember her, but you also forget about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you never think – she, she is just there to bug Gail. Yeah, when she, yeah. when she like, is – when the big reveal happens and she's, like – her and Gail are revealed when she's, like – pointing the gun at gail mm-hmm. yeah you're just like oh, it's shit. also the best dress she is yeah that, like, white <laughs> pantsuit white suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's true yeah because you know on the one hand you're thinking well why did they go out of their way to get somebody this good mm-hmm. if she's yeah. just gonna be there to bug the shit out of gail yeah we know she's just a good comedic actress but, she's, she's, a, reporter. she's yeah. so good doing just that that you're like yeah. okay maybe she could just be there for this little bit yeah. of comic relief i distinctly remember being you know her walking out i, I remember gail and you're like, wait, it was Gail? And then you're like, oh, it's it's the reporter. What? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah, then we get our next kill, which oh. is our poor baby's SMG. SMG. <laughs> so, I mean, Sarah would have just been finishing up season one of Buffy. Yeah. Probably had made I Know What You Did Last Summer very shortly before this. Yeah. I think that probably Sarah's availability was probably like, you got me for – a week and a half. Yeah, they probably filmed mm-hmm. that like that one scene in the morning, and then they had like maybe one or two nights at best mm-hmm. doing the rest of it. But she, they, it was a weekend. 
I mean, they Sarah, had a weekend. Sarah had a big final girl 97 because her scenes in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Well, not final girl. Well, no, not really. It, I, mean, I, guess, I mean, and maybe that was the duet. It's like Buffy yeah. cannot die. Yeah. Scream, she absolutely will not. So she's going to yeah. get murdered. So we shouldn't say final girl, yeah. I guess. Get a scream um, queen moment. Scream yeah. queen <laughs> moment. Scream queen moment. Sure. 97. Her scenes of I Know What You Did Last Summer with the fisherman when she's mm-hmm. running away from him is some of my favorite of the movie. Yeah. Though that's yeah. haunting because you don't mm-hmm. see – you're like, she is not going to die. There is oh, no yeah, way she yeah, – I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, in that movie, I didn't think it – in this one, we knew it was coming. It was Sarah said that she signed on to this movie yeah. without seeing anything of just the, the wild success of Scream that she would have been crazy not to do a movie like this. Yeah. Even if it is just a small role. Yeah. I remember being really mad about her death because she's a cool character. Like, she's holding her own with these really nerdy-ass boys. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We see her again. She's like, so she's a sober sister. She's taking care of her little community. She's watching Nosferatu. She's got some eclectic-ass taste. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, just like a, a Saturday night primetime showing of Nosferatu. Yeah. And she's trying to deal cable. with this fucker, Ted. She's like, oh, it's Ted. Uh, Damn it, Ted. He sounds Here's loaded. Ted. It sounds loaded. Did you know who the voice of her friend over the phone is? Who? It's Selma Blair. Oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> and uh, they said on the commentary, apparently Selma Blair worked with Kevin Williamson when they did a director's screen test when they were considering just having Kevin direct the movie. That he directed like a little scene, I believe it was the bathroom scene, and Selma was Sydney. Oh, and it was just sort of a little camera test for directing. Yeah. So she sure. sort of had a connection with Kevin Williamson. We oh. also see uh, Marisol Nichols in this scene. Mm-hmm. You may remember her yeah. as Audrey from uh, Vegas Vacation. Is she third Audrey or fourth Audrey? Uh, it was Vegas Vacation, so that would be fourth. 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 Yeah. yeah. Fourth. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm forgetting Juliette Lewis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation, yeah. Just a little quick cameo now in this moment we find out we like this is when we know we have two killers because okay because this is where Mm. she's on the phone with someone and and you killer see him in the background and he's i don't think that uh ghostface is holding his his arm up. no no and we see ghostface move as she's talking to someone so i just i remember that i was like okay we've there are two two. there are two all right all right that's that's pete was pete was noting that what sarah is wearing was very what it's what girls would wear to work at the mall, not to go to the mall. Ah, I got it. If yeah. you had mm-hmm. a job at, you know, um, like Wet Seal or like the Brass Plum or whatever, you would wear those slacks and like that chunky heel. Those chunky heels. Yeah. yeah. But to like lounge on the couch? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll change into something more comfortable. Those pants look a little uh, binding, a little yeah. constricting. It's uh, so she mentions her like sweater set, pink so sweater set. She mentions that she's the sober sister who's like the designated driver. I like to think that uh, Omega Beta Zeta has like in college we used to call them the drunk bus of like a bus that would like pick up people. I like to think of Sarah behind the wheel of this bus. She's got like a safari van mm-hmm. that she just like drives up and down, like picking people up, like pile Get on in, in. Bitch. <laughs> going home. Shut Come the on. hell up back there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we never see what exactly she's supposed to do as the drunk sister or the sober sister. Go pick mm-hmm. them up, right? I guess. Yeah. Be, let them in. I mean, if they I guess for off-campus partying. Support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, you're drunk. That's too bad. Yeah. I, I kind of had a similar job when I was in college, and a lot of it was me just making sure that people were hydrated, that if 
Okay. If need be, you position them just right with the trash can right there. Ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. So they can, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not glamorous not work. Choke on their own. It's not glamorous <laughs> work. But look, the the tuition, <laughs> the room and board at Windsor College, the tuition probably through the roof. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're when you're in uh, dorm rooms as big as Sydney's, Sydney yeah. and Hallie's. Mm. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about the scene from Stab that we get to see with Nancy O'Dell. Oh, I love these. Also, Nancy O'Dell in. Th- <laughs> Uh, three of these movies. Nancy O'Dell is in Scream Two. She's in Scream Three. Uh, uh, she she has like another news report scene mm-hmm. where she's reporting on Cotton Weary's death, and she's also in Scream Four. Well, you better work, oh, Nancy. I O'Dell. know, and she's playing mm-hmm. Nancy O'Dell the uh, all this time, right? She's not playing like. So when we music. went to go see Scream Two and Scream at Hollywood Forever this past year, uh, it was our first movie back to Cinespia. We hadn't been there all throughout 2020, and we saw the double feature. And Tori Spelling introduced Scream Two. Oh, cute! And when yeah. they were introing introing her, uh, I wasn't there, but I could hear it. And our friend Ashley from Keep It Weird was like, "It's Tori Spelling." Of just like the little hints that the, this person's in the movie, they play themselves. Yeah, she's it's like, Tori's story. Yeah, it's Tori, and she came out, and Tori was like, she was so happy to be there. Yeah. She was like, you could tell that this yeah. movie, even for this throwaway role, and there's a joke about her in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You could tell yes, that it, it means a lot to her. Yeah, um, she brought her two older kids to go to see it. You yeah. know that night, so it was really, it was really fun. She told this it funny story that she did read for Sydney. Oh. And she was fully aware of the shady line, but because Tori <laughs> just like, I mean, she's she'll a professional and she'll read for anything put in front of that she read for, she read for Sydney. That's funny. Yep. Well, you know, there's mm-hmm. another meta moment at the beginning of that SMG scene where she's talking to someone about the most recent episode of Party of Five. Oh, really? Where she's like, oh, Bailey cheated on Sarah. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. That I didn't even heavy. notice I was that. like, oh, that's funny. Okay. There's, okay. All right, so Nev all Campbell right. exists in that universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks a lot like Sydney. <laughs> yeah, it looks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so that's where we get. That's where we see. And I, th- I feel like Luke Wilson is playing it a little bit more like duh. And I think Tori is playing it a little bit more subtle. Like Luke she's is, playing it. Luke like is kind of parody. playing SNL sketch. Yeah, yeah. Of that, he's scene playing of the movie. it a little yeah. Kentucky Fried movie. Stupid. Yeah, and um. I mean, Tori's also playing it elevated, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's melodramatic. Yeah, yeah, she's playing it melodramatic. Which is lifetime. cute because it's just, that's not yeah. the tone of these movies. Yeah, yeah. I've been going through a lot lately, Billy. And my mom... Sid, I think you need to just deal with that and move on. I mean, when my mom left my dad, I accepted it. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Moms leave. Yeah, your mom left town. She's not buried in a cemetery somewhere. My mom's dead and she's never coming back. I mean, she's just playing Donna Martin got a role in <laughs> yeah 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 scream <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and also I I was saying too that when she's sitting interviewing with Nancy O'Dell, what I love is that she's got brown hair, which is what we're not used to seeing on Tori, mm-hmm. and to me it's like it's almost like a very uh, like dragged up version of like Sydney or. Enough Campbell hair, sure. haircut. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. She's like, I'm going to be playing Sydney Prescott or Sydney. Tell us your last name. 
Prescott, yeah. Prescott. Yeah, Sydney Prescott. I always want to say S- Sydney Campbell. She's like, I tried to get an interview <laughs> with her, but she's very mysterious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, what, she turned down uh, 60 Minutes in 2020 <laughs> and... God. Dateline. Dateline, yeah. Yeah, Primetime Live. Mm-hmm. Primetime Live. Diane hosted Sawyer. by Diane Sawyer. We were trying to remember that, of who hosted <laughs> Primetime Live. Yeah. And it, was, it was Diane Sawyer. Yeah. Um, do you remember, for the marketing, they heavily used both Tori and Heather... They were all on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a bloody bathroom. And I think that. Oh, yes. I remember that. I think all of the girls were. Yeah. Jada's in it. Yeah. yeah. Sarah's in it. SMG's in it. Yeah. Kind of surprised that Sarah didn't make the. Didn't Sarah didn't make the poster. Poster. Yeah. Maybe like they would have had to add one more guy to it. And I mean, I guess that. It's a lot of people. Sure. Well, it's a lot of white people. There's just a lot of people on the poster. (laughs) A lot of white people. Yeah. I've seen two versions of the poster where there's like Lee F. Schreiber and one with Jerry O'Connell. Okay. And they've been like, it, depending on what market they got, it's like, do you want. I, I mean, know. it was that uh, notorious dimension lineup. It's the dimension lineup of you have all oh, yeah. of your, your beautiful actors <laughs> Every, yeah. in like a triangle. They five did of them. It. Yep. They did it for Scream. They did it for the faculty. They sort of did it for Halloween H2O, but they kind of did them in like a zigzag. So yeah, it was just movie marketing at the time. Mm hmm. Did they do it in uh, Phantoms? Phantoms, yes. Phantoms, 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 yeah. Phantoms. They did it. They did it for Phantoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like this is how you market to teenagers. Yeah. This is exactly what teenagers Just want. That, their that lazy Miramax copy and paste Photoshop job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. I heard um, in uh, a recent interview about Scream 2020, um, the legacy characters are talking to Drew Barrymore, and mm. she. Oh yeah, they were on her show. And she said, you know, I didn't meet all of you until the photo shoot. for the poster. Yeah. The poster. Yeah. yeah she wouldn't have had to. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Drew fully did all of her scenes by herself probably. She's yeah. not with any principal actors of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my other favorite slash hated scenes of this movie. You have many. I have many. Is um, Jerry O'Connell's song. So apparently they auditioned this character with the song. You had to. So it was something that they had in mind very early on in casting. Yeah, and it's just like like the age of these characters. Like why? And I also I I know it's a movie, but I cannot imagine an instance in real life where people would get behind that. Everyone just like shut up. Everybody in that. Rebecca Gayhart and Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi are fully like. What what the fuck is going on? Yeah, in that scene. So I feel like I'm with those two gals. Well, the other thing is that you know when he starts to do it, freaky Tarantino film student, uh, poor man's Josh Duhamel, Timothy Oliphant, sorry Moran, um, says Tom Cruise, Top Gun, 1986. Like, it's that very, like, we are film people. Sure. And this is how we talk about movies. movies and they do and that life. a lot in, yeah. in, in Scream because, you know, referencing movies so much. It's, uh, that shit gets under my skin. I'm just like, all right, whatever. That's mm-hmm. stupid. But it's, uh, it's Jerry O'Connell doing it. He's not a film student. Yeah. It's not Randy or 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 Timothy Oliphant doing well, but it. Isn't, you it's know, Jerry O'Connell Mickey's getting is, up. Mickey's and do- is supposed to be his best friend, so he was like, "Why don't you? Why don't you do this like this big gesture show of love? or whatever?" Because your girlfriend does not his trust big you. gesture to give him her, 
to give her his Greek letters. Right. Yeah. Well, again, mm-hmm. I mean, that scene. So uh, let's talk about that. So the scene <laughs> right after, right after SMG's death. Yeah. When we're in the sorority house, just the serendipity of Sid being the only person left picking up that phone. Oh, yeah. if I'm in Why somebody, if I'm at a phone? house party, I don't care if I'm Sydney Prescott and I have like a, assorted pass with answering phones i'm not answering someone's house phone at a party yeah um also something Mm -hmm. weird like you know scream one and scream two have this where there's that scene of sydney being attacked but not getting killed yeah yeah is that like well that's scott's big thing what if they just killed her just killed her yeah because if they just killed her then we don't get the rest sydney would never know that debbie salt uh billy's mother was behind all of this. Yeah, you like, never know. is the point to just terrorize her? Yeah. It's kind of like my thing with the first... I, I mean, I get that it's a movie script, so we shouldn't think too yeah, hard on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always think, like, what if they did just murder Sydney? Because the then very first, first 20 minutes of the, this in movie. the house when she took a nap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the idea was in the first movie that they would they were going to knock her out and tie her up. And then and do the then big reveal. reveal all of this yeah. and then kill her. Yeah. I'm not sure what, yeah, what this was supposed to be. Yeah. But I will say, um, again, with the Jerry O'Connell of it all, like think, having him be sort of number one suspect, when he gets his arm cut, you're you like, don't did see he it on, you don't see it on camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we saw, we saw what Stu and Billy stabbed each other in the first movie. So we know that like the killers are not above like self-mutilation. Yeah. If that's what it takes to, to throw them off. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I think that that was kind of like why it wasn't on screen yeah. to show us like, well, we but he had to, after that he had to do a big, he had to do a big song and dance. Mm-hmm. And, and also and there's just sort of in his character. Worst there's also sort of a character note with Mickey Poor man's Josh Duhamel. <laughs> I love, I love, I love Timothy. I know. I, mean, I should love Timothy. I mean, uh, since then, Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant yeah. has he's had he's had a huge looks, career. He and Liam Schreiber. Do you know? He's, he's, do you know he's he's from? Now. Is he from like a Vanderbilt? He's from Who, like he's oh from no like, shit really. He's from like old money. I don't no. think it's Vanderbilt, but he's like okay. he's from like a, a very very rich family. Um, but also there's a character note about Mickey that he's always accusing other people. Other people, yes. So Mickey in the hospital, yeah. Mickey kind of knows to point the blame to other people around Sydney, so she's maybe not thinking about him. This is one yeah, Mickey is telegraphed as the killer very early. Mickey is very like Iago, if you're gonna sure. do like a Shakespeare. He's got like, yeah. reading of this movie. Yeah, it's like you're uh, yeah, you know it's coming. Um it's oh it's very clear with the um when Gail and Dewey are reviewing the footage and they're like, wait, who shot this? It's like yeah. maybe it's the guy who's got a camcorder in his hand all the time, <laughs> right? <laughs> I did I did yeah. say that Debbie Salt, it would be fun if she did the opening murders, but I guess that you do see the you do she see, was in the getaway you car. You do see the camera. Oh, was, that's true. I'm thinking, you yeah. could have just, like, picked her up at the end. Yeah. He was, he was, like, riding around the block. Were they fucking? Probably. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm sure. Yeah. You know you know, you know, know how psycho killers at are. What, All my serial killer friends are fucking. At what point in this is, uh, is Scott Foley sitting somewhere pulling all the strings? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> the other thing about this batshit crazy. These batshit crazy movies. That's is for another number episode. Number three just goes completely <laughs> off the rails. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, by the way, Sydney has a. Half brother, half brother <laughs> that is pulling the strings of all of this, mm-hmm. and it's convenient how that's never brought up in four or five. 
Yeah. Because then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, they're like, what have we done? <laughs> what have we done? What have we done? <laughs> um, oh, so then we get, this is, yeah, the my least favorite death, uh, Randy. 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 I mean, I think that you kind of had to. I and, think you had to get rid of one of your principal actors. Yeah. No, you had to. Yeah, and, and you also have to raise the stakes more. Uh, but I mean, he was a fan favorite. The reason I read the the yeah. reason that they had that yeah. little scene with him and with his sister in Scream Three was because people were so sure. pissed. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. they were like, "We've got it in some capacity. Get yeah. him back." Okay, he's annoying, but he's lovable. <laughs> with the great Heather Matarazzo in uh, Scream Three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then just the the pathos of. You know, Sydney and Dewey having that chat about, like, should I call his mom? Yeah. And also kind of like those moments of these movies where you really bring in the reality that someone's died. Someone they really cared about. Someone they really care about died, which you don't really see a lot in movies like Nightmare on Elm Street or, like, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of – maybe a little bit Nightmare, but yeah. yeah. But at that moment, they're like, that's when they decide – I mean, we've already got – Sid already has her protection. Mm -hmm. But that's the point where we're like, we're getting you out of here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. You, you yeah. were leaving. We're doing a lockdown on campus. The protection are not doing the best job. No, not really. One, I mean, I mean, yeah. they almost let fucking Cotton Weary like. You know, That's what I'm saying. Stand again. right here in this doorway. But one of them is a single gay Gemini. True. You know, so he, how can you be so sure? The gay one is the one that gets run over. No, the no, gay he's one the is the one who gets the pole through his head. Isn't he? No, he's the first, he's the one that doesn't get the pull through his face. Oh no! So what happens to the first? Guy? I was going to say it's very metaphorical. I think he just like kills him and pulls him pulls out of the car. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Not I know that the other he guy him and yanks that him out ends up on the windshield. Then, yeah. He was a stuntman. He was a that's big the guy. That's not the. He guy. was the ghost face stuntman in the oh. first. Oh, or, right. No, I don't know if it was right. ghost face or Skeet's stunt double. Okay, I can't remember. And these these scenes that we're talking about where they're. In the backseat of the police car. Oh, the police car okay, scene. So let's talk about yeah. the, like that happening at the same time as the Gail Dewey stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a sequence. <laughs> I mean, that's like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Just like, dang. Gail and Dewey are in the like the AV like, yeah. building. There's a little bit of like, like soundproof rooms and like. Yeah. There's a little bit of weird like, uh, you know, this. Just the fact that like Ghostface can get this. Is, I mean, this again. You you know it's got to be two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ghostface is getting from A to B real fast, real quick. Yeah, yeah, real fast. As you're watching, but I mean, you don't but think it's about set it, but up right, in yeah. the universe that there probably yeah. is two killers, mm-hmm. and they've commented mm-hmm. on it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, so little location shooting fact. Did you know that the cop car scenes are shot on Green Street, which is a mm. mere like mile and a half from us? It's shot on Green Street. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first found that out when I was living here, it blew my mind. It's all around uh, the mm-hmm. Paseo, Colorado. And they shoot oh. the other way on the one way. Yeah. They, well, oh. the car turns around. You can see when, you know, when uh, at some point when they're trying to you yeah. know, elude Ghostface, they they flip a Yui. Oh, and so they're, go, they're pointing in the wrong direction. Even talking about this is just, it's all so intense. <laughs> yeah. The cop car scene's pretty successful. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, not even just the, I mean, the pull through the head, which is yeah. so gruesome. Oof. Th- that, you're like, wow, they're I really, love, I'm big I love when Hallie goes, right through his eye. Right through his eye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, and then, you know, the crawling over him. The, yeah. Oh, let's talk about sound design. So I, I really notice it in this sequence because it's happening in two, like, places at once. But mm-hmm. first of all, 
the like tension of when she like bops the steering wheel. Yes. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh my god! Like that was when I really. Oh, and uh, dogs. A lot of dogs bark in the Mm -hmm. in this franchise (laughs) at really inopportune moments. I mean. <laughs> you know, it's just like when you're like, oh gosh, is there a killer around? And then you hear like the, the Rottweiler across the street. Like, but sound design factors heavily, which then leads into the tension of Gail trying to get away from the killer in the mm-hmm. like sound editing room. That cat and mouse yeah. of her just barely like getting a couple feet ahead and then having to hide. Whoa. Door doesn't have yeah. a lock on it. Door doesn't have a mm-hmm. lock on it. Um, the fact that Dewey is getting ripped apart behind yeah. her. She has no idea. <laughs> she has no idea until he gets yeah. on the gets on the mic. I mean, it seems like this when I read about the movie being thrown together and not really have a shooting script. I think they did a pretty good job with a lot of these like mm-hmm. kind of these big set pieces these in the big middle. Set pieces that, in the middle, I think, through. are pretty and well done. And especially things where there are two two pretty wild you know kind of action sequences mm-hmm. happening in different locations and they're editing it together mm-hmm. and it, it it works really mm-hmm. it works really organically it feels yeah. you know, it feels well done um and yeah. just poor uh the the i mean the acting in the scene so like poor dewey <laughs> just, i mean just like rip literally just like <laughs> oh, stab, yeah. stab. the fact that he like survives four times and that's it's very yeah. bloody he looks in so much pain yeah um a la like Jada earlier, you know, a lot of times people just get killed and it's like they, you know, like uh, poor Elise Neal when she dies, poor Hallie, yeah. she just gets stabbed real quick and tossed. And yeah. 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 It's like she just dies instantly, which is great. Not Dewey. No. Mm-hmm. Dewey is going to be in slow pain. Gail yeah. is just absolutely devastated as she should be. Cause- well, that's the thing too. You know, a lot of times in movies, people will get stabbed once and I'm sure you can very easily die from a stab wound. Yeah. One single stab wound. And you're in tremendous pain, I assume. Yeah. But also you could survive multiple stab wounds too. You don't God knows imme- I do. <laughs> immediately drop dead from being stabbed like in the back or whatever. It's like, it doesn't always happen that way. So for somebody, you know, like do we yeah. get stabbed multiple times? And the, I think this franchise has kind of become known for like the very final scenes with the final girl and the camera kind of panning away and somebody that you thought was dead being loaded into an ambulance. And I mean, and the whole audience, is the amount of like, people in oh. these movies, uh, that get shot, yeah, and then and get are fine. Then are fine. Like Gail fully Gail walking around at shot. the end of this movie, it just bounced off. Bounced her ribs. off a rib. How? How does she know that? What are her ribs made of? <laughs> she says it, and then the the paramedics say it as they're like, yeah, because she's walking around bandaging no her up. Yep. Yeah, they they say the same thing. She's they're ready like, to go on camera. It just bounced off your ribs, and she's like, yeah. walks away. It's remarkable, but that's so sad, especially if they, they, I mean, that's, that's when they finally start to like, get it on. I mean, Ghostface <laughs> is such a cock blocker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and honestly, you're so happy for them because yeah. they, aren't they just the oddest couple? But there's no works. reason, there's no reason yeah. they should work, but she finds him so charming. I mean, just yeah. kind of Courtney and David's story in real life too. Oh, God. <laughs> and I like the Courtney and David's relationship that I really like celebrity couples, kind of like Bruce and Demi, of that when they separate, you can tell that they yeah. still keep in contact with each yeah, other. Yeah. That they're still they're very yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're friends. You got that on the press tour. They're, setting a, they're, they're setting a good yeah. example for, like, divorced. For the kids. For, for like, 
divorced couples. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so yeah, we we lose Hallie on this empty street. I don't know Where how I don't know how he makes it half like halfway down the street after exiting in the car. <laughs> I yeah, mean, because I, she runs back to campus. He's running after her, I guess, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. This is yeah, this is Mickey for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I can definitely see the, like, like Sydney from the car. of just like I have to take off that fucking mask. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done it immediately when I exited the car. Well, the other thing is that the cop that gets impaled has a gun in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. On the oh, hood of the yeah, car. Yeah. So Sydney, being Sydney, needed to just grab the gun, shoot him in the head, yeah. then take the mask off. Mm-hmm. And all will be well. Movie over. Well, we still got to go get Debbie Salt. <laughs> yeah, the Debbie Salt of it all. But, you know. So the last act of this movie, very fitting, is on a theatrical stage. Mm, there they go again. I don't know why Sydney is not running to the nearest police station or campus security. Because, yeah. of course, you're going to go to the campus theater yeah, to go get help this is yeah once again just the coincidences she knows her way around the, the theater she wants to be somewhere that's her turf well she thinks that uh, she thinks that surrounded by that people or, she's yeah. she's saying david warner's name true yeah what's she gonna do she thinks he's there yeah. well i mean they like set up that At like she knows somebody oh have we mentioned that exchange close. that just mm-hmm. like, so like theaterly actor thing where he's like you've got to fight you're a fighter yeah. you're a fighter <laughs> i don't know if i'm strong enough <laughs> All that shit. Love it. Love it. I mean, David Warner. David Warner sells Oh, it's just so heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Okay, also, so, it, it, sorry, in that one sequence where she's on stage, mm-hmm. is she hallucinating or is that actually... I don't know. I think it works I, either way. Yeah. And I think that I think it's sort of... Well, and I think that it's cut either way, too. Also, I found out Danny Elfman wrote that portion of the score. Oh, so they, you know, these, they these like, movies really... They contracted that score. out. Yeah. I also found out, which I'd heard before, but... Dewey's theme of like on, on the guitar, uh, that is Hans Zimmer. That was a portion How of his score from Broken yeah. Arrow that was cut, oh. and they put it in as a temp for a test audience, and it did really well. So they just decided to keep it to buy it to buy it from <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say as a entrance into you know the the end game, uh, the stakes of that the you know what's happening mm-hmm. um in the theater the the music the agamemnon cassandra of yeah it all. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like she's the doomed one she foresees helen being stolen from troy and the fall <laughs> there i mean not subtle no no no, no. not subtle in not its not themes least. and all the mm-hmm. masks that they're wearing and all that the grotesque faces and everything yeah <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but hey. Yeah, it's no, so it fun. is fine. And she runs into the theater hoping to find, you know, some salvation. All I have to say is that squib on Jerry O'Connell's bare chest. Yeah. It's rough. I think about that a lot. Oof. I don't like it. And the way she just immediately puts her hands on it, she's like, oh, my God, Sydney. That one's – What are they putting this poor girl through? So we were (laughs) noting that whole thing where uh, Jerry O'Connell gets like – taken by his sorority brothers and hung up there we were just like that would be some like headline some hazing national news on the cover of people that like all of these kids are going to get canceled now this frat is closed (laughs) boarded up windows he's like 30 feet up in the air yeah if that thing fell with him on it yeah he Mm. does ultimately get shot in the chest well, tied to this mm, thing. Oh, are this? those boys responsible because they left him tied there? Yeah. 
They're the know? reason that he's like, there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing was, it's like he gave his letters away and you're not supposed to and all that. I mean, re- re- realistically, they just would have beat the shit out of him. Yeah, the stakes aren't quite that high. <laughs> quite that, they don't have to his, set him up to be his murdered. His brothers would have just beat the hell out of him and then just been like, yeah. go get your letters back. Um, but the, the misdirect, <laughs> the fact that you know Mickey reveals himself and yes. then says that Derek's in on it and you're like, yeah, oh my yeah, god, he is. Yeah. Oh my god, he is. Yep. And she doesn't – and not until does he get shot that you're like, you're like oh, maybe oh, he wasn't. Oh, <laughs> no. She should have trusted him. Yeah, yeah. Poor Sydney. Poor Sydney. Just such bad luck with men. Sydney's wearing his letters in three. Oh, yeah. Is she? All throughout. Oh, she, yeah. she like hits Roman with him, right? Isn't it like a – Oh, is that it? That it? You're so. right. Yeah, it's she a, does. It serves does. as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's those are because it's long. It's the it's the way that yeah. So we get the first reveal that? with Timothy, and I do like the moment with Sydney. Of there's just one last thing that you're forgetting about Billy. I fucking I killed him. Fuck I think it's such an awesome him. moment. Yeah, where she likes like hits him in the face. Yeah, mm-hmm. at a girl. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I remember. Yeah, in watching this, and and every time I watch it since the reveal of Mickey, you're like, yeah, duh. <laughs> but the real gag is the real gag Lori is Metcalf. Yeah, salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just remember being so emotionally charged in that moment when you think it's Gail, she Gail out. Yeah, like, damn it. Mm-hmm. And she and she shakes her head like <laughs> no. no. And you're oh my god. And then me, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because then it's like just the emotions of that scene because this kooky ass bitch that yeah. you've known throughout steps out. Who the fuck is she? And then Mrs. Loomis. Yeah, Loomis. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Gag. Gag. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Sydney and Billy really, really have some fucked up moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know. It's, it's part it of the happens. part of the connection. <laughs> He's like, is your mom kind of, yeah, so is mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, sh- we need to start uh, tying this all up pretty mm-hmm. soon. Um, but how it kind of, you know, Dewey's alive. Gail, Dewey you know, lives. Gail Dewey lives. lives. Great. Um, Gail just had the, the, you know, the bullet just went right through her. Cotton lives yep. and he's going <laughs> to get, you know, his giants. Yeah. Consider it done. What is, what is the name of his talk show? 100% cotton. He's going to get at least a season or two out of 100% yeah. Oh, God. And he looks so good uh, in three. And yeah. his like cable net little oh yeah shit you're like yeah oh he's on TV mm-hmm. Cotton Weir is doing just fine. Leave Schreiber can get it. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Um, yeah, I, poor Randy, sad. But it's like you know we do get those moments with with Heather in the in the next movie. But. So do we want to talk a little bit about the new scream? We cannot. We can also say if you have not seen the new scream. You skip can ahead. Yeah, skip a ahead minutes. a couple minutes. <laughs> okay, well, one thing We're really quick before up, we close so, this yeah. out and talking about script changes. So do you know what the original ending of this was? No. There were – Tell us what you got. This is what, this is what I've been told. This is what um, – the internet is incredibly reliable. This is what your you know. friend Nev told you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, firsthand. Over yeah. personal friend Nev Campbell. Over I called tricks. her up right before yep. this and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm busy with the, tress, the press tour, but always mm-hmm. time for you, Andy. Um, there were four killers. Oh my goodness! Which too is much. it's Good it's Lord. just too much. Far it was going to be the other two, Hallie and Derek. What? Oh, that's too much. In addition, just too much. So it's basically Hallie, why Hallie? So it's basically going to be just like 
Sydney can't trust anyone. Her best friend she and just roommate, her surrounds herself his with friend. psychopaths. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, seriously. And it was because they were like, you know, we were gonna have double the killers. Because it's a sequel. Everything sure. has to be bigger. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know that no, the production of this movie, that there were versions of the script that did leak online, mm-hmm. too. And yeah, that was the one. Maybe that, that was it. They were like, mm-hmm. So then they paired back. I think that the dummy script was Derek Halley. Okay, okay sure. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, the, yeah, they had to very quickly, like poor Elise Neal in all the, I think she's the one who got short, like the really short end of the stick on this one is that like, I think she was cast with the intention that like, you're going to end up being the killer. Well, you know, sure. well, you yeah. know who they did that with in three was Emily Mortimer. Oh, that, yes, I yes, think yes. that she was cast and she had sh- been shooting the movie with the intention, with the of, intention yeah. of her being the killer. Oh, but. and when you revisit that movie, you can really tell she's, she's a little squirrely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bummer. Yeah. Uh, like Emily Mortimer was Scott Foley's like girlfriend. And she was like, just sort of trying to become this huge actress. So she gets the role of Sydney and this was going to sort of propel her career to like the next level, mm-hmm. which would have been interesting. It probably would have worked a little better with what they ended up getting in Scream Three. Yeah, but we have uh, in all five movies. As we transition into talking about the newest one, in all five movies, we've got our one killer who has a uh, connection to the past. Mm-hmm. So if you have not, if you've not this seen now, Scream twenty twenty two, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll, we'll see, see you yeah. next week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we've got we've got we've got two killers in the newest Scream, and uh, can't call it Scream Five, but that's what it is. And uh, we've got someone with a connection to the past, and we've got someone who's a weird movie fan. And in three, I would say we get them in the same person. Yeah. But otherwise, like, that is the, you know, we get that with Debbie Salt, and we get that with Mickey, and then we get that in this new one with, um, well, I, oh my gosh, did I just lie? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because both of them are just weird ass movie fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess our the, connection. They met in the forums or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. So the you know, so the they're real, not really that. I only just saw villain. it last week. Yeah. The, the real villain of the new one is Toxic Fandom, Andy. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the real villain. <laughs> That's the one that um, takes it down. So, kind of our nutshell review. I enjoyed the new Scream. I think it's fun. Solid three star movie. But honestly, it is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, which isn't like, a bad thing. Yeah, no, which isn't a bad the, thing. Yeah. Who the killers turned out to be was just like, that's how they always are. They're they're kind of not not insignificant, but like inconsequential. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, yeah. if it was Gale, if it was Dewey, it would be like, whoa, holy shit. I mean, I'm they kinda, went there. I'm kind of surprised but it was that just like, oh, these they two didn't whatever. end up doing that in this movie. Yeah. Or at least sort of really ramping up. That it could be Dewey. Because that's how they played it all off of it's always somebody you know and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. the fact that it was just like, "Hmm, it's them. It's like, okay, that's how Scream usually works out. It's always new new actors that we've never heard of before and we'll never hear of again. And work. But it was good. It was effective. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Um we definitely want to see it again. We wanted to see that guy's butt when you took a shower, but they didn't yeah. show it. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. The little twink. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. so teeny. Kid from Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, I think that that scene with him, I forget his name, and also Marley Sheldon, mm-hmm. is the most effective scene, scenes of the entire movie. Yeah, I was... Tense. Yeah. Tense. tense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They have a great relationship. 
as mother and son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Our theater that we saw it at in West Hollywood was – I mean it may not have been like Rialto Stab, like <laughs> off the hook, but the entire audience was super into it. Yeah. I pumped. made the mistake. We I did not notice it, but I got uh, 4DX tickets. Oh, shit. Oh, was there so, just like – was there just jabs in your back? Yeah, jabs in my back for every stab. <laughs> for every shot, there was the, the you know, like uh, the little air, uh, air bursts. Did, did, you see not- it, did you see it downtown? Uh, yeah, at the LA Live. Live? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I, I desperately wanted some, like, spray for blood. Oh, yeah. You Didn't that. get that. Uh, was, there but, like, was there, like, misters? I remember when we saw a movie there in 40X, there was, like, misters. No, but, you know, in the a opening. A lot of strobe lights. I remember the opening scene. It yeah. got really cold. Ooh. It got really, because it's, like, they're showing, like, the outside of Tara's mm. house. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, oh, my God. Why is it, like, 50 in here? All wow, like, weird. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise, like, through the chases, like, we're getting tossed around and. Sure. Wow. Sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, sounds like fun. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I mean, I almost fell out of my chair a couple times. I know. I was like, where's the seatbelt? Seatbelts on those. And kind of the big killer reveal from the very moment that I saw Jack Quaid signed onto it, I immediately thought, oh, well, you're not going to be booking Jack Quaid if you're not going to use him. If he's not going (laughs) to be the pivotal role of this movie. Yeah, I will say in this mm-hmm. one, I like I saw the killers coming a mile away, and it didn't um, take away from my enjoyment. No, yeah, we just that's the thing. All yeah. those all those little fun. nitpicky things. I'm like, I was still and having fun. the type of people that I'm seeing in my Instagram and Facebook feed that are complaining about it. I do kind of want to ask them, like, what kind of a movie did you want? Who? Yeah, who it did you want? Screen. Like, I don't. Like, yeah. yeah, did don't you want know. to be Sydney? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually I like this. Uh, Nev Campbell said that she would only participate in Scream Six if her, if Sydney lives. Ah, and she said that that character has become has come to mean survival for so many people. True, sure, yeah. And as a Santa Gay note, she talked about so you know Kevin Williamson has recently brought up you know he says these are these are movies about uh, gay gay survival. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're an allegory for gay survival. And um, Nev Campbell's spoken to that too. They asked her about what she thought about Billy and Stu being gay. She didn't really want to talk about it hmm. because it was kind of like a like a pathologizing gay people thing. Sure, so sure. She was that's like, fair. She was like, you know, maybe maybe they weren't able to be who they really wanted to be, but I don't I don't know if it's yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but she spoke to the fact that like uh, Sydney Prescott is like a, a hero. Yeah, for the LGBTQ community. Yeah, mm-hmm. as is Gail Weathers, maybe not to the extent in a different way. I mean, Gail's just camp and yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you're right though. Because Sydney can't die. Like even you know, if they do one more. I, yeah, I and I mean, I'm I glad that Nev Campbell didn't have the Harrison Ford request of, I'll do this movie, but you're gonna fucking kill me at the end because yeah. I'm not doing. She more. knows what it means to like the mm-hmm. fans, and that's great. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. I think we are just about out of time. This was a lot of fun. Thank this you so much for kicking off our season. Yeah. We've oh, been I'm meaning, so happy to be here. We've been yeah. meaning to get to this movie for a while. We did Scream way back, like a year yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. And we finally got around the two. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, folks. Ton of fun. Ton of fun. We'll have you on again. You think know where of, to find me. Think of course. something fun to uh, to talk about. If anyone is super time. excited to hear about my other commentary, please go back to the Adams Family Values. Yeah, I'm plugging episode. myself. Yep. Yeah. Good episode. Go listen to our Adams Family Values episode. Thanksgiving fun for the whole family.
Well, until next time, Andy, we will see you very, very soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye, buddy. Bye. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It's good to be back. We are back. Mm-hmm. This is fun. We haven't recorded in a while. Had the month of January off. Indeed. We are refreshed from the, <laughs> the winter break Fresh and ready for some episodes. Our next two episodes are going to be really fun. They're kind of a little Valentine's Day two-week lineup. Very fun. We're getting, like, there's some pretty big movies, too. I'm excited. Yeah. That'll be cool. So stay tuned, mm-hmm. everybody. Stay tuned, everybody. We are going to take this time for some Patreon shout-outs. Um, you guys, patrons, thank you so much for sticking with us. Yeah. For break. That was awesome. But um, there's going to be some really uh, fun stuff coming to the Patreon. We're going to do another commentary track soon just for you guys. And, um, and also for Patreon subscribers, whenever we record episodes early – and I finish editing them, I'm putting them right on Patreon. Yeah, so you can, mm-hmm. you can get them before the Friday drop. So yeah. take a look at take a look out for that. So we would love to say hello. Thank you so much to Seth, Alberto, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Layton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Dawn, Josh, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of the fun, additional, exclusive content that uh, you can find directly there. Mm-hmm. We'd also love it if you would uh, rate and review our show. You can rate us now on uh Spotify. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so give us five stars over on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Give us five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on uh, social media on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And Twitter at MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. And if you want to find us, our personal pages, uh, my name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram, and look up my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Look up his letterbox. He rates everything that we watch, and we watch Mm -hmm. movies all the time. So, uh, yeah, until next week, everybody, thanks for sticking around. It's great to be back. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.